This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, December the 13th. Coming up, we're going to have all you need to know about the government's emergency COVID booster programme. But first today, a mum from Ramsgate says she's been forced to barricade the front door of her flat because she feels so unsafe. Laura Jones has been given emergency housing in Folkestone. Now that's 30 miles away from her friends and family because there wasn't anything available for her closer to home. The 33-year-old has told our reporter she's grateful to have somewhere to live, but she says she's been subject to terrifying behaviour from a neighbour. She claims he's held a 12-inch knife to his throat in front of her and her five-year-old boy, that he banged repeatedly on her door one night and shouts at her demanding drugs. Well, Thanet Council said they couldn't comment on Laura's case specifically, but did send us this statement. During the last 18 months, we have seen an increase in the demand for social housing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. This has been for a number of reasons, including relationship and family breakdowns, and also due to increased unemployment rates, which have had a significant impact on people being able to retain accommodation. We do all that we can to provide appropriate support for people in need. Our housing options team has successfully prevented 1,051 households from becoming homeless during this time. In situations where emergency accommodation is needed, we always look to provide this within Thanet. There are, however, some cases that require specific types of accommodation. If that is not available in the local area, we do have to place people further away in accommodation that is suited to their needs. Our aim is to rehouse people in Thanet when there is suitable accommodation available. Moving out of the district is an unavoidable last resort solution in some cases. We cannot comment on individual circumstances, but will always continue to support those who require assistance and liaise with other services and agencies to ensure anyone who is vulnerable gets the assistance they need. Laura has also contacted the council herself and they've said, unfortunately, they have no other vacancies that they would be able to move her to at present, but they would urge her to continue to look in the private rented sector. If there are any updates on this story, we will bring them to you. Kent Online News. has been arrested after reports of a sex attack in Sittingbourne. A woman says she was raped in the early hours of Saturday after walking home after a night out. A 21-year-old man from the town has been questioned. A man's appeared in court charged with murder following the death of an inmate at Maidstone Prison. Officers were called on Thursday afternoon following concerns for the welfare of a prisoner. A man in his 20s was declared dead at the scene. Sassam Rabbit, who's 24 and was also being held there, was charged in the early hours of Saturday. Police have used stinger traps to catch moped riders who were thought to have been going around Gravesend armed with a hammer. The police helicopter was also used to help find the suspects in Woodland near the town yesterday. Two stolen mopeds have been recovered and a man was taken into custody. A lorry driver has been arrested following a hit and run near Ashford which has left a cyclist seriously injured. It happened on the A259 near Brenzit on Friday afternoon. The cyclist is being treated in a London hospital and a man in his 
his 70s from East Sussex was questioned before being released as investigations continue. A man's due in court after a police officer was hit by a motorbike near Maidstone. He was taken to hospital after asking the rider to stop near Larkfield Village Hall last Thursday. A 24-year-old from Whitstable was arrested the following day and has been charged with dangerous driving and not having insurance. The latest on COVID for you now and there's a rush to get booster jabs after the Prime Minister announced last night he wants everyone to have one by the end of the month. We're a great country. We have the vaccines to protect our people. So let's do it. Let's get boosted now. Get boosted now for yourself for your friends and your family. It's due to fears of what's been described as a tidal wave of Omicron, the new variant of the virus, which is feared could lead to many deaths. Everyone over the age of 18 is now being encouraged to have a third jab by New Year to try and reduce the number of people ending up in hospital. Sounds like a rather ambitious target, and that's what I put to Dr Jack Jacobs earlier. He's a GP near Ashford. Exactly that. It's a very, very ambitious target. And although we're pretty good at vaccinating in general practice and across the NHS, whether we are going to get all that done in time by the end of December is a good question. I know that already lots of GP practices and vaccination sites are sort of ramping things up. They're trying to make preparations, but, you know, it does take a bit of time. You know, we've all got patients booked in this week. I don't really want to cancel anybody. And that's a really important message I want to put out there still. Um, So... I don't know. We're going to try pretty hard. Whether we're going to get there by the end of December or not is a very good question. I'm really, really keen for people to take up the offer, though. I do think it's a valid message. We do all need to get boosted. We do all need to just take note of what is approaching us. This Omicron wave, I think, is generally something to be a bit worried about. Did you have any heads up that the Prime Minister was going to say what he said and literally reduce the timescale by a month last night? I had about 30 minutes prior notice to what everyone else had. So there were some messages going around on some of the uh, national messaging services that, that vaccination sites are part of, but, but nothing really in advance. So no. Well, you've seen huge queues already today at walk-in centres. I mean, I guess that's to be expected because people can't book online. The website just isn't working. Um, are you concerned that we're now going to have people stood outside in the cold waiting to get a a jab? I mean, what's the best thing? What advice would you give today? Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? What I would say is that I mean, if, if it looks like there's an enormous queue outside, perhaps consider going back at a different time. I mean, vaccination sites come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Some are walk-in, some are on the national booking system you can access on the internet. Quite a lot of us, and we're included in this, are not. So we have our own ways of organising for vaccine sites. We might do walk-ins, we might be phoning patients, we might be texting patients and booking them on an in-house booking system. So there's lots and lots of different ways. So I, I would suggest, look, it's really important to get this vaccine, but we don't want everyone turning up today because there just won't be capacity. And I'm guessing some people like myself would have already booked and couldn't get an appointment until January. I'm guessing the advice wouldn't be to cancel that just in case you can't get in earlier. I mean, it does seem a bit of a minefield to get through. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a minefield. Don't don't cancel any appointments. You know, if you can get one sooner or earlier, if the system will allow that, fine. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. I'm not even sure the system knows 
at the moment either. But yeah, don't cancel anything. People trying to book boosters on the NHS website earlier found themselves waiting in a queue or unable to book a slot. Elsewhere, there have been long queues at walk-in centres. Our reporter Alex G joined the line outside a pharmacy in Sevenoaks. Oh, there is still an enormous queue uh, outside the Sevenoaks Pharmacy Vaccination Centre. It's one of only four currently offering walk-in jabs in the entirety of Kent and one of only two that are operating today. It extended its opening hours but uh, people have been queuing for three and a half, almost four hours in, in, in some cases. The mood's still jovial, people are laughing and joking but uh, cold weather is, is getting to a few people I think. New guidance on work from home has also come into effect today. The government says those who can do their job remotely should do in a further bid to curb the spread of Omicron. Well, Phil from our colleagues at KMTV has been chatting to Roland Stanley from Dragon Coworking, which rents out office space in Rochester. I mean, it wasn't unexpected for us, to be honest. I mean, the noises that were coming out from our government and SAGE for the last seven days, uh, we sort of semi-expected a, um, a work from home uh, to be coming because uh, it's one of the easiest things a government can do. So our co-workers have been asking about it um, and some of them have decided they're going to work from home for Christmas. Uh, but some of our guys, you know, they need to come into the office. So, yeah, we're open for people who want to come in. But uh, some of the guys have decided to stay away for until until the new year. Yeah, presumably the, the number of people who'd be coming to you to, to book a space now is in the lead up to Christmas not going to be anywhere near as much as it was. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be declined. I mean, a lot of people were actually winding down for Christmas. That's the joys of uh, running your own business and uh, being a startup business that some of these guys can wind down for Christmas already. Um, but yeah, definitely people have said to me, do you know what? I'm going to actually put my membership on hold until the new year because um, they've decided, you know, they're doing, they want to do the right thing. Um, and uh, yeah, they want to make sure they're doing, doing, doing the right thing for their family and uh, the people around them. It must be difficult for you as well being in that business that you, you, I suppose you don't know for how long people are going to be asked to be working from home. You're always kind of at the mercy of whatever the government put in place. Yeah, I mean, we've had a record year this year. The last few months have been amazing for us because people are actually craving to come back to the office and those, those interactions they used to have around the coffee machines and things. Um, so I'm sure it'll come back again in the new year. Um, hopefully once things calm down again, uh, people will come back and you know, the, the restrictions will be lifted. Um, but yeah, people are still craving to be together and uh, want to work from, from an office. So I'm sure that will come back once this work from home um, has lifted again. Co-working is not about the desks or the fancy coffees or things like that. It's all about human interaction. So it's all about those great moments at, at the coffee machine, those things you wouldn't get while you're working at home or in your back bedroom. So that's what we're all about. Um, and that's what people are really desperate for. We've had so many people come to us in the last last six months, especially, and found that their office in London may have shut. Um, you know, they haven't got somewhere to go back to and they're fed up of working at home and they actually want to separate their home and, and work work life and uh, they're coming to us and other co-working spaces to actually do that. And Professor Martin Michaelis, who's a virologist at the University of Kent, has been telling us whether working from home will help tackle the spread. It makes a difference, but many things make a difference. There's not one thing we can do to stop the spread. And we've seen that last autumn before Christmas. We were not able with a tier system to stop the wave. Yeah, as simple as that. So it's not easy. You need many different measures. I think one of the problems is that we always work under the assumption, oh, this will go away. Now the wave is over and then we just go back to normal. It would probably be more helpful if we were a bit more cautious and would make up 
more long-term plans. How do we live with that? So, so rather hoping for the best, but expecting the worst and preparing for it instead of always preparing for the best. Oh, now we have vaccine. Now it's over. And now we have a booster and then it's over again. Really, we can have many more rounds of that. So uh, I think seriously considering what do we want to do? What, what, what can we do to prepare for what is probably going to happen over the next at least one, two years, I would have thought. Well, the booster programme is going to be the topic of conversation on the lowdown on our Facebook Live from six tonight. Ahead of the show, we're asking on socials if you have managed to book a COVID booster. Caroline Leach has posted a screenshot of the NHS website and says she's been in the queue for 16 hours. Amar Sidhu says, been trying to book my mum for the second shot still. That's proving to not be possible in Gravesend anywhere, let alone booster. It's a joke. Sharon Taylor says, no, and I'm going away at 7.30 tomorrow morning, so won't get one until March. Even though I went in with my partner on Thursday, they turned me away. Natalie Jane has added, nope, once you get past the queue, just keeps asking the same info over and over again. I'm sure they're not the only ones who are experiencing problems today. We'd like to hear your story. You can, of course, comment on the question, which is on Facebook, and you can watch the lowdown, as I mentioned, from six o'clock tonight you'll also be able to pose questions to our panel of experts. Well, latest figures show coronavirus cases are continuing to rise in most parts of Kent, but they have dropped in Ashford, which at one point last week had the second highest infection rate in the UK. At least 23 people have tested positive for Omicron in the county. Dartford has the highest number and also the lowest booster jab uptake. And Kent police say enforcement will be used as a last resort as they're hoping people will follow Plan B COVID measures. Officers say they won't tolerate abuse or violence towards staff at shops, cinemas or on public transport. Of course, you're having to wear face masks there again. Nearly 3,000 fines have been issued to people breaking coronavirus rules in the county since the start of the pandemic. The Kent Online Podcast. With Ballin Maidstone. A teenager has been arrested after a Range Rover was deliberately driven into three police cars near Tunbridge Wells. Officers were called to a car park on Hastings Road in Flimwell following reports of suspicious activity. They found cannabis, catapults, ball bearings, and a knife in the vehicle and also seized more than £1,600 in cash after searching a property. An 18 year old has been charged and is due at Crown Court in the new year. A body's been found on railway tracks between Swanley and Rochester. Trains were disrupted for several hours last night following the discovery near Mepham. The person was pronounced dead at the scene. A suspected drug dealer has been charged following a high-speed chase in Canterbury. Officers tried to pull over a vehicle going at 120 miles per hour on the A2 and managed to bring it to a controlled stop. They seized crack cocaine and heroin worth around £10,000. A 27-year-old man is due in court today. Now, a man who used to be homeless has told the Kent Online podcast how he's achieved his dream of working for a charity that helps other homeless in Kent. Richard O'Neill spent most of his life on the streets. After taking up multiple volunteering roles in the county, he's now been employed by the Maidstone Day Centre. Richard has been speaking to reporter Katie Heslop about his life and how he managed to turn it around. I started getting this job through volunteering because the manager, Matt, used to work with outreach which are the homeless first protocol Mm -hmm. so when i was homeless that's where i met matt and um he when he found out he was being manager here he offered me if i wanted to volunteer because i'd gone through the outreach team 
got myself out of there into rented property and myself back into volunteer work at Deborah's before they were closed down thanks to the pandemic. But luckily, I'd sorted out coming here to volunteer because it's, it's an area that I hold close to my heart because I have been homeless and struggled and I know how hard it can be because I was homeless for a short period of time in Maidstone. Um, it wasn't planned, but circumstances don't always go the way we hope. Mm. And I know when we spoke last year, you said you were kind of your first homeless spells when you were 17. And if, then it, if not younger. Right, okay, wow. Um, so what was it like to be um, homeless from from such a young age? And can you just kind of give an insight because a lot of people don't know much about? In, in all fairness, at that age, because of the life I was leading, it didn't really feel like I was homeless because I was always dossing around people's house, doing what kids do. So it's at that age, it, it, it is more difficult because... You're not worried about sorting it out because I just dust around there, dust around, like mates do, and it then it just gets longer and later and later, and it makes it a bit more awkward. But yeah, it's it's hard, but luckily in certain towns you have places like this, which do help point you in the right direction when you don't have the right people around you to point you in the right direction. I was an alcoholic, um, one evening I was just like that. I've, how have I ended up here? I, I used to have a four-bedroom house, a full-time job, and and it was at that stage, it's like, ah, come on, Rich, have a word with yourself. You're better than this. Our sister newspaper, The Kent Messenger, is supporting Homeless Care's You Can Help campaign, where the charity raises donations throughout Christmas. You can find a link to donate within the story. Kent Online reports. There's a warning today after a cat died from suspected antifreeze poisoning in Faversham. 18-year-old Star was taken to the vet after becoming unwell near his home off Love Lane over the weekend, but couldn't be saved. His owners are urging people to be careful and avoid spillages when pouring the liquid into their vehicle's engine. There are plans to transform a farm in Herm Bay into a 15-home estate. Developer Kitewood wants to build the properties at Black Soul Farm off Margate Road. The plans would retain the former house and barn that sit on the site already. One of the busiest roads in Canterbury is set to be turned into a one-way system next year in a bid to ease traffic congestion. Work will take place next summer to convert a stretch of the A28 at Winchieth into a route for cars leaving the city and buses going the other way. Motorists wanting to head into Canterbury will be diverted along a new dual carriageway through the Winchieth Industrial Estate. You can see the route and let us know what you think within the story at Kent Online. Free bus travel is going to be provided for children of families in Kent on low incomes so they can still enjoy some festive fun. The County Council say youngsters will be able to travel to shows, pantos and winter wonderlands. It's part of a series of programmes being put in place to help young people reconnect after missing out on school and socialising during the pandemic. The Real Full Monty is back on our TV screens later with Kent celebs James and Ola Jordan stripping off for charity. Duncan James, who's in the Marlowe Panto at the moment in Canterbury, will also be taking part. It's on tonight from nine. And Ed Sheeran has overtaken himself as number one on the Kent Top 40 with Alex and Numi. His Merry Christmas collab with Elton John has replaced Overpass Graffiti in the top spot. I Wish by Joel Corey and Mabel is still at number two, followed by Adele's Easy On Me. Kent Online Sports. 
Sports. Football and it was another defeat, I'm afraid, for Gillingham at the weekend. They've now gone eight games without a win after losing 2-1 to fellow League One strugglers Fleetwood Town. Here's manager Steve Evans, who spoke to us after the final whistle. I think there's nothing in the game as a first half before the goal. There's nothing in it. And um, we don't get out sharp enough in the other corner. The other set player that gets whipped in. And one of your players doesn't track a runner. He knows who he is, we know who he is, we've told him. You don't track a runner. So he gets a tap in. Um, I think the second half we've come out, we've changed that a little bit. Then they had a little spell with there on top, but then we got a real good grip of the game. We went on top. Um, as the early Lee incident at 1 0, he gets, he's just pulls his shot, but he's tapping it in. And um, But we've had that referee before, so I don't want to really talk about him because he'll like it if he reads his name tomorrow. Um, and then we, we give us silly second goal away, don't we? We know who's to blame for that. He's picking the defender up and he gives the opportunity for them to get a corner just before it as well and then we don't defend that. So that's that's tough. We change that again to try and affect it and rather than those three or four, we try and get back in the game. Robbie's a strike, gets us back in it. And um, I, I think we have a wonderful chance to equalise with Big John, but it, it bounces off him. It looks a chance to score a goal. So, um, yeah disappointing I mean enormous credit to people at Reese Bennett shouldn't be out there enormous credit um, David's the time they come on the pitch shouldn't be here Ben Reeves is here because we're trying to get him treatment and work on him so um, we just have to endure it and fight tooth and nail next Saturday against Crew and try and get to January. The Jills are next in action on Saturday as they welcome crew Alexandra to Priestfield and just a reminder they are down in the relegation places. Elsewhere, Gillingham women had their FA Cup game against Charlton Athletic postponed over the weekend. The third round match was supposed to have taken place yesterday but was called off at the last minute because of heavy rain which had led to a waterlogged pitch. And Kent's Emma Radikanu has been shortlisted for this year's Sports Personality of the Year. The Bromley teenager who won the US Open earlier this year is up against boxer Tyson Fury, Olympic gold medalists Tom Daly and Adam Peaty and Paralympian Dame Sarah Story. Raheem Sterling completes a six-strong shortlist after his role in helping England to the final of Euro 2020. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, we've got details of the roadworks in Kent that are being removed in time for the Christmas getaway. Plus, you can find out how you can see the final meteor shower of the year. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.